Thanks for tuning in to the Movement is Life podcast, a show bringing you raw conversation, tips, and engaging topics hosted by yours truly, Mike Fox. Join me in the dialogue on all things creative, entrepreneurial, and unconventional with stories that may just change your life. Subscribe to hear new episodes every other week. Each feel with reasons to listen closer next time. What's popping, everyone? Another episode of the Movement is Life podcast. This one is uh, pretty special, I would feel like, because it's focused on finances and focusing on diversifying your income. So that applies to me as well, because I really try to practice what I preach, you know. Um, for a, a brief moment, um, when I first started photography, that was my main source of income. And then I started to dive into full-time entrepreneurship and I was like, I really need to get another source of income if I really want to make this work. So that led me into, you know, starting the Fox magazine and branching off into some other different businesses that I'll touch on um, throughout this episode as well. But diversifying your income is extremely important, not only for achieving success, but just for making sure, you know, your future is good and your family's good. Um, A big thing that I really want to touch on as well is real estate, because, you know, it's Black History Month. And as a community, we don't have much real estate Um, and not that it's our fault or anything. It's just that we've been kind of held back in the aspect. Um, America doesn't really want to see us win when it comes to real estate. So um, this episode is going to help educate us about that and help us change that for sure, because. You know, we really need to get involved. We really need to build up our communities and then set up futures for our communities as well, not just focusing on the present, but as well as the future. So, you know, as far as diversifying um, your income, you know, I really want to stress that one source of income is not the end all and it never should be like there's nothing wrong with having a job, having a nine to five or any of that, but having another source of income get you to that next level. It opens you up to freedom. So say if you get fired from your job or they're just pissing you off and you want to leave, you'll have other sources of income to still keep you afloat, still keep you surviving and still keep your family good to uh, continue on your journey or on your path. And to be honest, like nine to fives are not the solution. Like you can get fired at any time and you just have to think about it. It's like, do you want your future to be dictated by someone else do you want to build someone else's dream and like i said there's nothing wrong with having a job but it's like you have to focus on doing something for yourself too that's the only way to fulfill yourself it's the only way to build a prosperous future but you can also have a nine to five while doing all of that so yeah um before diving into everything you know as i mentioned i was going to answer a few questions um that people ask through email so you know if you have any questions about this episode or any of the previous episodes, feel free to shoot me an email at podcast at mikefox.photo. And, you know, I'll answer them in the next topic episode. So it'll be the one after the upcoming one. So the next one will be an interview with a very special guest. And then after that will be another topic episode where the questions will be answered. So the first question that I got from the audience was from Eric Luther. And Eric is based in Connecticut. And he wanted to know why I started the podcast. So, you know, I touched a little bit on this in uh, one of the previous episodes. It's my story slash movement is life. But it basically explains like why I started the podcast. And really, it's because I wanted people to hear my perspective about all the different chapters of my life. And I feel like I've been through so much shit for just being as old as I am. And I'm still in my 20s. I'm barely, you know, 26. So. Um, I just felt like it was important. I feel like I have a good perspective to share. Um, like I said, I've been through a lot of stuff, so I've taken away a lot of that, that I feel like would be helpful and useful for people to, um, take advantage of. And as well as having other guests on here, people that I've connected with, that I've worked with, um, to share their perspective and their knowledge on everything too. So it's just, it's been a good mixture of that so far. And that's really why I started this. And you know, hopefully it's helping people out. Hopefully you're um, engaged and, you know, I want to continue doing this for as long as I can. So 
The next question is from Layla Andre on on Andre. Yeah, Layla on Andre. And she asked, how do you get guests that you have featured on the podcast? So uh, touching on the answer or the question I just answered, you know, these are people that I've connected with and worked with before. So I already have pretty much like a personal connection with them. Like I know what they do and I know what they're about. I know their values. And that uh, really gives me the inspiration and the motive to reach out to them and be like, hey, do you want to share your story? And they feel that connection, too, because they know what I do. They know that it's authentic and they know that they can share some inspiration and some knowledge with the world. So um, as far as getting the guests on here, you know, sometimes it's remote, sometimes it's in person, but usually it's remote just because um, it's just easier as far as like commutes and everything go. Um, but I definitely want to change the podcast up and do video um, interviews and topic episodes later down the road. That's obviously a different beast. And, you know, you got to have a videographer, you know, camera set up, make sure your audio is synced and connected and everything like that. So that's definitely going to be a different process, but it's in the works. It's in the plan. So just be patient for that. But yeah, as far as the guests, um, always want to have some dope people on here that can help inspire, help drop some gems and, you know, hopefully take away some information. So, yeah, you know, we're going to go ahead and get into the episode. This is going to be a dope one. So I hope you're ready. Yeah. So I want to introduce my co-host for this episode. You know, he's a, he's a great guest, got a lot to talk about and it's going to be dope. My guest today is Adrian Watkins. And five years ago, he fired his boss and now does real estate investing full time. He's closed over a hundred deals with investing and with wholesaling. Adrian is a true entrepreneur and he's even opened his own ATMs to set up and produce residual income. How's it going today, Adrian? What's going on, Mike? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Good, man. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited to talk about, you know, this episode, diversifying our income and how we can help our communities. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. Ready to provide value to to you and your audience. (laughs) Let's do it, man. So, you know, I... I got a few questions that I want to dive into, but, you know, it'll be free flowing for the most part. So with the first question, you know, what does diversifying your income mean to you? Nice. I mean, that's a good question. So I I think diversifying your income simply means to, you know, um, have more than one source of 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 income coming into your um, bank account. You know what I mean? Um, You know, I, I think diversifying your income means not putting all of your eggs in one basket. Um, you know, then again, but the flip side to that is, you know, you, if you're going to put all of your eggs in one basket, make sure the basket is a secure basket. Um, um, uh, so as far as diversifying your income, I like to, I, I think in order to diversify your income, you have to find one source and, um, uh, you know, capitalize on that source and maximize that source. And then once you have a decent amount of cash flow coming in, you can then, you, um, start looking, utilizing and, and looking for other, uh, sources of income, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I definitely agree with you there, Um, especially establishing that main source of income and then starting to to diversify because, um, you know, if you don't have that one main in source or income source, you're going to put a lot of time into other things to where you can't uh, get it to that one main thing that you can build off of. So for me, for me, it was photography. You know, I started photography first. And then I built that up to my main source of income and actually started doing it full time to where I could branch off and start doing other things. And that's what it led to my magazine. And then it led to um, so much more than I'm doing. So that is a great point that you made. And it's definitely, you know, having that main source that will help you get to the other sources. Exactly. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. Dope, man. So, I mean, I know you're a real estate investor. You've closed many deals and things like that. But how did you first get into real estate investing? That's a great question. So I actually got started. So as you know, let me just give you a little bit of background about me. Right. So um, I'm 27 years old. Um, I've been in business for myself, but not by myself for the last three years. And um, and before I actually got started with real estate, um, you know, I, I actually knew at a young age at 16 that I wanted to be above average. You know what I mean? So I actually got my first job at McDonald's. I got fired my first day. Oh. <laughs> my first day, bro. And I knew I took that as a sign as to, you know, 
like maybe maybe work this nine to five or working for other people and having other people in control of my income isn't for me. And I told myself at that point that I, I never wanted to have that feeling again of being fired, but, you know, being fired and having someone else in control of my my livelihood. You know what I mean? So uh, fast forward, that led to me being introduced to multi-level marketing and, and, and business. And that's where I kind of got my uh, introduction to, to entrepreneurship. You know, I, I, I fell in, and that's when I started to self-improve and read books and, you know, look into to business more. Um, fast forward a little, a little bit, that led to me start to sell insurance. And that's where I developed my negotiating skills and um, continuing my, my, my self-improvement with um, books and podcasts and um, other, you know, learning resources. And then that's And then after that, that led to me getting introduced to real estate. And um, I have, I've been doing real estate for the last three years and I haven't looked back since. So, um, yeah. That's dope. That's dope, man. And I like how you you started with, you know, you had your first job at McDonald's because you can't just jump into being an entrepreneur. Like, and I want to let people know that it's like, you know, my first job was at Zaxby's, you know, the, the fried chicken place. And I worked there for like a year, saved up money. I actually bought my first car from working wow. at Zaxby's, bro. And um, it taught me how to handle money. Like I was a cashier there, so I wasn't cooking or anything. I was actually handling money, learning how to deal with people, um, solving problems. And it actually taught me a lot now that I look back at it. And then, um, you know, fast forward like five years after that, that's when I really started diving into entrepreneurship. I had a couple other jobs, um, in between there, but Zaxby's was my first one that actually got me started into like, wow, I can handle money and, you know, handle people. So, this could probably go a long way if I really utilize these skills. At the end of the day, it takes money to make money. So um, if, if you're going to start a business, like, you know, you got to first off, you got to make sure you have the right education. And um, it's always it always helps if you have a mentor to help you to, and to um, help shorten your, your learning curve. You know what I mean? Because anything with anything Absolutely. you do, you're always going to be um, a disaster before you're a master. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, I like that. I like that. That's a quote right there for y'all. Yes, Disaster before you're a master. And yeah, mentor, definitely. Uh, big shout out to my mentor, C.J. Johnson Jr. He's definitely like opened up a lot of perspective for me. And um, a big thing too is like, I realized that there's so much more to learn. Like there was a point in my life, and I mentioned this too on some other episodes, there was a point in my life where I thought I knew everything. And I was just this young nigga, like thought, just thought I had it all, right? And um, you know, I got checked, life checked my ass and having that mentor, I've had a few mentors in my life, but CJ has definitely been, um, a staple as far as being a mentor. Cause he just opened so many different perspectives on, um, dealing with people, dealing with money, um, and being happy and filling my own goals and my own dreams rather than trying to make other people happy. And that's something that, um, I really wasn't aware of for a long time. So yeah, having a mentor will teach you a lot in anything. And, and to add on to that, um, Mike, as far as, um, having a mentor, like you have to, like, you know, it's important to, 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 tr to trust your mentor as well. You know what I mean? And to, right. to believe what he says, you know, at the end of the day, he's been through, he went through the process and he knows what to do and most importantly, what not to do, you know? So, it's, you know, just, just keep that. A lot of people, they ask for the mentorship and they ask for the coaching and then, um, you know, they don't, they, they're not coachable. So that's the other part of um, being successful is being coachable. Exactly. Definitely. I mean, going into sports, like if you look at the greats, they were great, but they were also coachable. Like they weren't just trying to uh, be better than their coaches or better than the whole team. Like they actually listen. They look for ways that they can improve. And that's how you become great. So that's a great point for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah, man. <laughs> like I said, I, there's a point in my life where I really wasn't like hearing it. I thought I knew it all. And um, I had mentors that I really like fucked the relationship up because I was uncoachable at that time. But now it's like, you know, I have a different perspective. If you ever felt like, you know, you know it all. And, you know, I think everyone goes to that goes to that point um, at some time in their life, especially when they're in their te teenage years. But if you ever wanted to like humble yourself and, and, and realize how much you don't know, walk into a bookstore, walk into like your books, a million or your Barnes and Noble and just look at all the books that are there, the, like especially the nonfiction books and the business books and look at how much you don't know. You know what I mean? Like imagine if you read all of those books. 
that's in the bookstore. Imagine how much knowledge you would have, you know? That's great too. That's a great point. Touching on books, you know, I read a lot of books. My goal actually this year is to read uh, 12 books, one a month. And, you know, I'm fulfilling that goal so far. So I'm a, I want to keep it going. But one of some of your favorite books that you can recommend that are nonfiction that are actually focused on self-improvement and business. Man, I have a lot. Um, I mean, back when I was, uh, I would say when I was first starting, like around the time when I was selling insurance, man, I was just, I was on a, a self-improvement binge, man. So like I, I didn't watch any, like, I hardly watched any TV. Um, when I was in the, I turned my car into like a student, into like a, like a university, you know what I mean? I didn't play, like, I, I love music, but I was just so focused on self-improving and growing and, and building my business that, um, you know, I sacrificed the music for the knowledge. And, um, you know, I read about that year. I think I ended up reading about like 30 books in just one year, but, um, so I love, I love books. Um, so my favorite book to answer your question, I would say that actually I have a lot, but the ones that really changed my life was, uh, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. Okay. And, uh, he talks about, you know, setting your financial blueprint and, and your, your, your financial thermostat, you know what I mean? And, and, and pretty much like, you know, just changing the way, you know, the difference between a, having a wealthy mindset versus a poor mindset. And, um, and I just wanted to, I'm going to share, you, share with you my other book, but it's because you said, you you know, you, you was at a point, one of your points in your life, you thought that you knew everything, you know what I mean? Um, and one of his wealth files in the book, he explains that, you know, poor people think they already know, or poor, a poor mindset is people, um, poor people, people with poor mindsets think that they already know, and people with rich mindsets think that they always can learn and grow. So that's one of his, uh, um, you know, quotes in the book. And um, I thought I would share that with the audience. And then my second book that I like is um, that I changed my life is uh, Awakening the Giant Within with Tony Robbins. And um, in that book, he just explains like how, you know, just just the different thought process and how to brain and how you, you and how to just wake awaken the beast inside of you. Um, he talks about like trigger words and, and certain words that we use that that drains our negative our, our energy. And how to, you know, change the way we talk and our language to, um, you know, empower our, ourselves and, and energize ourselves naturally from within. Um, so, yeah, those are two books that I would def- definitely recommend to any entrepreneur, anybody looking to get started in um, business. That's dope. I love that, man, for sure. And, you know, reading is is so valuable. Like, it's something that I really didn't. I wasn't interested in reading when I was even in college, bro. Like, I think I read like three books when I was in college and it was because I had to. So as soon as I get out of college and I'm like really diving into entrepreneurship, I mean, I was into entrepreneurship full time when I was in college, but it was like, I was still kind of dibbling and dabbling, right? I was still doing it full time, but it was like not my focus all the time per se because of school. Right. What was and your, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is honestly um, How to Win and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And yeah, yeah, man, I've I've read that book a couple of times, actually, about three times now. And I I learn and think about new uh, things every time I read it. So I feel like it's one of those books that I'll never put down. Um, But another book that I like is Contagious. And that book just teaches you a lot about uh, being good with people and also being good with your business and getting people involved with your business. So um, that one's a big book I recommend as well, but I also want people to to check out Nipsey Hussle's book list. And there's so many great books in that. And Nipsey Hussle was um, a big inspiration, big motivation to my life and what I do. Although I'm not a musician, I'm still an artist. So, um, you know, got a lot of inspiration from him. His book list is on point. So I suggest checking that out as well. And one day I want to make a make a book list too, but it'll be later down the road once I get all this knowledge. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. And then guys, if you, if you guys are like, I would say just to because I want to provide audience to, uh, value to your audience, Mike. And um, what I would suggest too is if you, once you start reading and you start learning and you go on, you start um, you, you you know going on that path towards self improvement and bettering yourself. Um, it's always to remember, like one of my mentors told me, he said, um, you know, actually I came up with this part, but <laughs> he said, so a, a knowledge that, you know, you can, uh, uh, not, uh, how does it go? It said, you know, the saying is knowledge is power. You heard that saying before, Mike? 
right? And I, I, di- I completely disagree with that. I don't believe that's true. So what I always tell people is knowledge isn't power. It's applied knowledge. You know what I mean? You can know everything in the world. You can go into that bookstore and you say you've read all those books and you know everything. But if you don't apply any of that knowledge, then it's useless, right? So it's applied knowledge. You know, you got to apply the knowledge that you that you uh, have acquired or that you've learned and, um, you know, in order to be successful. That's a big fact right there. That's a big fact because... And you can apply it. You can apply it. Apply it anyway. You can apply it by using it. You can apply it by teaching it. By by sharing it. You know what I mean? There's, there's different ways you can apply that knowledge. For sure. That's a great point, man. Like that's a great way to look at it. I never really thought about that that um that quote in depth like that. You know. So yeah, I definitely agree with that one. So Mike, a little bit about me, man. Um, so like I said, I got so as far as diversifying my income, um, <clears throat> my main source of income is real estate, right? So as we know, in real estate, there's several, several strategies. There's buying hold, there's fix and flipping, right? There's wraparounds, there's buying properties subject to uh, existing mortgages. Um, there's lending money, right? There's, there's people that just lend money all day and they receive a, you know, they diversify their income by lending money people to um, people that um, need to buy properties on real estate. Uh, there's several strategies, right, that you can get started with in real estate. And one of, and the, but the strategy that I got started with was wholesaling. So um, the reason why I started with that strategy was because it required you to have little to no money. Um, it required you to have uh, you don't you didn't need a real estate license and you didn't need to have good credit. So um, I capitalized on that strategy and I used that strategy to start my um, real estate journey. For anyone that's interested in diversifying your income, I think real estate is a, a great vehicle to use to start to start diversifying um, because you know, um, although there's stocks and there's um, other vehicles, I think real estate is the most stable and the most, um, um, you know, because there's just so many benefits to it. You know, it always over time is going to appreciate just simply based off of economics, you know, the rules to economics, um, supply and demand. Uh, there's, there's so many, um, it's the population is always increasing and always growing, but there's no like people aren't building more land. You can't build more land. So as the population grows, the prices um, of the properties are going to over time um, inflate and right. appreciate. So um, real estate is is, 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 is a great um, place to put your money and to have it working for you. For sure. People always need a place to live. Like there's, that's not going away. Like people need a place to live and real estate is so important. And it's important to mention too, that like black people as a whole, we have the least amount of real estate in the world. So we really need to take advantage of this strategy because a lot of us don't want to invest a lot of money into real estate, especially to get started. Right. So we really need to take advantage of the strategy and start building up our communities as much as possible because you know we're behind in the real estate aspect i mean not like it's our fault or anything i'm not blaming us as a community because there's been um i was actually listening to an interview with nia long and she was talking about how her folks um they were born like generation right after slavery right and it was still hard for them to even get a loan to buy a house and they ended up getting one her uh, i think it was her grandma ended up getting one and they had to put the house up for sale and she was so hurt by it because she knew what they had to go through just to get the house that she grew up in. And um, I feel like we just have to put it into that. We really need to get more into real estate. We need to get our own houses. We need to own these houses. And then we need to become landlords on top of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, like I said, there's so many different strategies that you can use. Um, I think. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think the, the culture is actually waking up, though, man. I think a lot of people are increasing their awareness when it comes to real estate. So I think that's dope. Um, you know, you know, I think, you know, it, it's definitely has changed within the last three years. Um, a lot of people are more aware of the benefits of real estate. And, um, you know, the reason why we're so behind is just because of the, the lack of knowledge, you know, the lack of education. Um, they're not teaching this type of information. They're not giving you this type of information in school. They're teaching you pi, cosine. They teaching you, uh, you know what I mean, square square roots and shit like that. But um, you know, they're not teaching you how to build credit. They're not teaching you how to leverage other people's money. They're not teaching you right um, stocks. You know, shit, we well, don't even need there's so many. Other, there's so many topics that they um, they're not touching on. But um, and, and that's why we're behind. You know, whereas to like the other communities, you know, they're getting they're getting educated by you know their parents or. 
um, you know, their grandparents or they have, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're getting educated and, and we're not. So, um, but like I said, I think that's definitely changing. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. And I think um, a reason that, you know, we're behind as well is because we've been focused on survival a lot of the time. So we haven't had a chance to really teach our kids and our communities how to get involved with these things because we're too busy focusing on getting a paycheck so we can survive. Right. And that's not the case with a lot of different cultures. Like they have money that they get from, um, you know, their grandparents and from settlements and from a bunch of different stuff that we don't have the chance to take the opportunity for. So, um, I mean, it's just a mixture of all that, but it's definitely changing and we definitely have to focus on changing that narrative too. So I want to dive a little bit more into wholesaling though. Um, for people that don't even know what the hell it is, can you kind of give them a brief overview? Like, of course you don't have to have too much money to get into it, I guess, but can you kind of give them like a breakdown of what wholesaling really is? Of course, of course. So, um, since we're talking about change and educate, you know, why not educate the the audience? Right. So, um, the, um, pretty much wholesaling, right? Like I said earlier, there's so many different strategies that you can use, right? You can diversify your income within real estate. It's by itself, you know what I mean? So that's that's the thing. That's an awesome, uh, um, you know, if you're looking to do that. But um, we're talking about wholesaling. So wholesaling is pretty much the strategy of finding discounted properties, putting that property under contract, and then assigning that contract to an end buyer for a fee, right? So that's pretty much the gist of um, what wholesaling is the art of finding this kind of properties, putting them under contract and then assigning that contract to an end buyer for a fee. Typically the number one reason why people don't get started in real estate is what, why would you say is that? What do you, would you say is the number one reason people don't get started in real estate? Uh, because they don't have enough money. That's their immediate thought. They don't have enough money, <laughs> right? They don't have money. They don't think they can buy it. They can afford it uh, or, you know, their credit. They might think they don't have good credit. Or, you know, they don't, might think they don't have, they might think they need to get a real estate license. So, um, and with wholesaling, you don't need any of those things. You don't need, you don't need money. You don't need a real estate license and you don't need credit. So, um, some way, so like I said, so I want to teach you, so I want to show you how you can find the money to, to, um, get started with and utilize the wholesaling strategy. And, um, the money is pretty much, you know, the strategy is pretty much to leverage other people's money by finding cash buyers or, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, funding partners. And some ways that you can find funding partners or cash buyers is by reaching out to landlords that's already in your in your county or in your, your, your city. Right. Typically, these landlords, these are people that are already active investors in your market. You know, these are people that own several properties and, um, you know, they're already utilizing and diversifying their income within real estate. So. I always teach to 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 um, one strategies, if, especially if you're low on you're, you're low on money, is to utilize uh, free resources, third party third party companies like Zillow, Redfin, um, Trulia, and to reach out to the landlords that are that have some properties listed um, for rent. You know what I mean? These are people that are, are like I said already active and they're looking to add um, tenants to their properties so what you do is you reach out to those to those tenants and you ask them hey look um my name is adrian and i was i saw you have i see you have one two three main street for rent i was calling to actually ask you if you would you be interested in adding some more properties to your portfolio if a good deal um came about and a lot of times they're going to tell you yes man what do you have um you know what's the address to the property you know and stuff like that you know what i mean why wouldn't they want to like who if you're already investing in real estate why would you want it to, why would you turn down a good deal? You know what I mean? Especially if it's 60 to 70 cents on a dollar. Then the second step to the, to after you find your funding partners, right? Then it's time to find the discounted properties and some ways where you can, and the way to find discounted properties, there's several ways you can find discounted properties, right? But the one that I'm going to share with you guys today is how it's driving for dollars because uh, this requires you to have the least amount of money. Um, you see, real estate investing is a easy, it's a simple business, but it's not easy. You definitely have to, it's not a get rich quick business. You know what I mean? You have to put the work in. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, it takes work to be successful in any business. Fact. But this, this strategy is to, uh, is to draw for dollars, right? And the way you're going to utilize the strategy is you're going to get a car, right? And you're going to fill that car up with gas and you're going to pick the top three zip codes in your area and in your neighborhood or whatever. And you're going to 
and you're going to drive down those areas and those streets and look for signs of distress. You're going to look for properties that have, you know, tarps on the roof. You're going to look for properties that are vacant, properties that have high grass, you know, um, overgrown grass. Uh, it could be trash day and, um, you know, everyone on the street has their property. I mean, has their uh, trash can out, but these one or two properties don't have any trash can out. You know, those are signs of distress. That may be a sign that the property is vacant and you never know, the, the, you know, uh, the, the owner might be willing to sell that property because it's not producing any income. It's just, you know, it's really, they're losing money, right? Um, you know, because you got taxes, you got insurance, you know, and, and there's so many, uh, you know, costs associated with owning property. So um, they may be willing to cash out. They just haven't gotten around to it. Um, so that, you know, you can easily do that and find a hundred and put a hundred properties on a list within 30 minutes to an hour by utilizing that strategy. And now you have a hundred leads, um, of potential, potentially discounted properties. Um, and there's an app that you can use. The app is called Langlide, L-A-N-D-G-L-I-D-E. And you can utilize that app. And once, while you're driving, you have that app up and it, and it, produces a map and you can hover over the properties and it will tell you who owns that property and um it'll give you all the information who owns that property when did they buy it how much they bought it for what did they think the property is worth etc etc so that's the app that app is phenomenal i think it's like ten dollars a month and um yeah that's a quick way to get started and and to find discounted properties in your in your uh your market um, I also want to add too, cause I kind of forgot to mention this, right? So wholesaling is pretty much like we said earlier, the wholesaling is the art of finding discounted properties and then putting those properties under contract and then assigning that contract for a fee. What I forgot to mention was these assignment fees, right? That's what it's called. These assignment fees are typically between five to $50,000, right? Uh, my highest assignment fee has been $30,000, and that's because of the market that I'm in. But there's uncertain parts of the market. Like, for example, I think you're in Cali, uh, Mike. Um, I know people actually, uh, one of my mentors, his 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 assignment fees, he has done $100,000 assignment fees. You know what I mean? Because the, the spreads, the, I think the properties over there they're, they're, are a lot more value. Yeah, of the, real estate is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> the price up there is crazy, man. You know, versus my median average uh, price over here in Jacksonville is like a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand. I think yours is like what two fifty or three fifty or something like that, right? Maybe even more. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. It, it's probably a little bit more now. It's been going up every year. Right. So, um, so the spreads are depending on which market you're in. Your spreads can be a lot um, bigger. Yeah, that's so I just wanted to mention that too. Like dependent and, and of course the assignment fees are dependent on your skills to negotiate. How good can you negotiate and find and also how good can you how good at you are finding uh discounted deals. Man. That in a nutshell is wholesaling. <laughs> that was a lot of gems. I really hope y'all were taking notes on that. <laughs> I was definitely yeah, taking notes yeah. myself. I was really paying attention to what you were saying. That's why I didn't try to interrupt or anything, but there was so many gems within that that answer of wholesaling. Yeah, and that's pretty much just like a that's just a little like graze of the surface, you know what I mean? Like there's so many uh, there's so much more that's involved with the with the process, but for anyone that's looking to get started with and diversify their income or uh diversify their time to make income, um that's the perfect start and that's how I got started. Um like I said, I started with no money. I didn't have any money. Um I was actually about to I was actually in the process of uh getting my car repossessed, right? So I was so down bad. I didn't even have like three years ago three years ago I had zero money, zero experience, and zero assets to my name. Um I had a I was I was uh down bad. I didn't have any money and I was about to lose my car. Um, I lucked up and I was able to sell my car back to my dealership, to the dealership. And I put about four grand into my pocket and I bought a hoopty. I bought an 01 hoopty with like 180 to 90,000 miles on it. The AC didn't work. And, um, and, uh, and I had to check engine like the whole time, but I was able to get from point A to point B. And I told myself I was going to learn this little, this skill set of real estate and, um, and, and capitalize on it. And that's exactly what I did. So I spent about $1,500 on the car and I put, and I, and I uh, use the rest of the money to start my real estate journey. So if you guys are short on cash, this is the perfect, perfect strategy to get started with. And I just gave you guys two ways to get started, two free methods that you can use to get started in the industry. But it's going to take work. It's going to it's going to take you to take you getting up off of that, off of the couch and uh, going out there and, 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 and driving around and taking action. No, much respect, much respect. I mean, I feel like we've all been down bad um, at a point in our life to where we just had to like 
rise up and really change that shit around. Right. So you definitely made that happen for you. And I made it happen in my life, not with real estate, but you know, we still out here grinding in every way we can. So yeah, much respect to that. Much respect. Um, you know, what was it like when you closed your first deal? Cause I know you said you pretty much started your journey right after that. So, you know, when was that first deal and what, what was it like for you? Right, right. That's a good question. So my first deal, like my very, very, very first deal was, um, I think I only made about, uh, man, it's, I should remember, I should remember, but I think it was like, it was between like 600 to to $1,200, right? That's my very first deal. So I didn't make much money on my first deal, but the information that I learned, right? And the proof of concept that I obtained throughout through, through closing my first deal was priceless, right? It was it was worth way more than that that fifteen that twelve hundred dollars, and um, it, you know, I remember my first deal was just like you know, I was just excited because I I actually I had a thought, you know, I I, I put the act I, I did I did what it, what needed to be done, and um and I was successful, you know what I mean? So I was just I was just happy, like you know, that I actually. You know, I believed in myself and I and I did what I said I was gonna do. So it was like, you know, since then, after I closed my first deal, I was like, all right, it's on and popping. Now it's time to, to 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 build a real business of this and to keep this going. That's what's up. That's what's up. I mean, so many great points throughout this this uh, episode already, man. Like so many gems. But you know, I only have a few more questions I want to ask you. We're approaching kind of the end of it, but. What do you, what advice do you mind, do you mind, do you mind if I, do you mind if I uh, share how I got my first deal? Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Share anything you want about it. So I got my first deal actually by sending out a direct mail campaign, right? So in the beginning, I didn't have any, 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 uh, any direction. You know what I mean? I didn't have enough money to afford a, a mentor or anything like that. So I was just going off of stuff that I was reading in books, reading in, uh, you know, videos I was seeing on YouTube and, um, you know, just, and just the lessons that I learned from going to the school of hard knocks. So, um, I think it took me about 12 months to actually close my first deal because I didn't have any systems in place. Right. So I was actually, uh, I was, um, what do you call it? I was, um, so I was just ringing. I was doing banded signs. I was doing everything. Everything that I was just doing is just seeing. I was throwing so many darts at the wall and seeing which one would stick. And um, one of them actually stuck when I sent uh, a direct mail campaign out. I spent about two hundred dollars. I spent I sent a direct mail campaign out, and I had a seller call me, and she told me that she wanted to. Uh, she said that she wanted to sell her property, and she was just ready to get rid of it. She didn't have the money to fix it up. And, um, like she literally, before we even signed any papers, like she literally handed me the keys and said, here, here, you know, how can, when can we close? <laughs> and, uh, that was like the easiest, my first deal was kind of like the easiest, like, nego- like deal, like she pretty much sold the property for me. And, um, I haven't been able to get like a deal like that, uh, again, but, um, yeah, man, my first day was pretty crazy, but it came from a direct mail campaign of, a um, absentee owner list. So absentee owners are pretty much people that are um, absentee owned, you know, they own the property, but um, they don't live in it. You know, uh, these are typically landlords. So earlier I shared a method of how to find money, which is calling landlords. The, the flip side to that is, you know, if they're not interested in buying properties anymore, right, and adding to properties to their portfolio, you can actually kill two birds with one stone by following up with um, asking them if they have any properties for sale or that they would consider an offer on. Um, typically, landlords those are good, uh, those can be a good source for finding this kind of properties because there's so many variables that that can be um, taking place. One variable could be like, hey, they could be um, uh, um, elderly, right? They can be elderly. They could have owned their property for 30 years plus, And, you know, they're just looking looking to retire. They may have like a portfolio of maybe 10 properties that they're just looking to liquidate so they can travel the world with their wife or their husband and um, just enjoy life and the fruits of their labor. Um, and then the second scenario could be, um, you know, they can make it just be going through an eviction. And um, since they're going through that eviction, um, you know, they're, they're motivated to sell. The tenants could have just tra- they could have had a problem tenant and the tenants trashed the property and the security deposit is not take is not going to is not enough to take care of the damages. So, you know, they're like, hey, man, fuck it. I'm going to sell this property and just, you know, be done with it. They might be done with real estate altogether or they might just be 
ready to invest into another property. So uh, you never know. And it's always possible. Like sales 101 is you always want to be closing, always assume the close and um, assume people want to sell the property. So uh, those are some more gems for your audience and you as well, Mike, uh, if you're interested in, in, in the real estate game. But um, yeah, I just wanted to share that share that with you. I don't know if I kind of got off subject, but no, no, all that was great. I appreciate it for sure. You know, like I told you, I'm not really in the real estate game just yet, but it's definitely in my plans to add to my portfolio. I'm into like um, some bonds. I have a few stocks, but I really haven't got into the real estate game. So um, I really want to diversify my income with that, you know, on top of the businesses that I have too, because you know, all the businesses aren't always up all the time. So I have, you know, the, the, that source of income, but I want something that's, uh, continuously residual. So, uh, real estate definitely sounds like the best option for that too. Um, and I'm definitely going to be, you know, taking in these notes too, and, uh, <laughs> applying those as soon as I can. <laughs> um, but you know, well, well, looking back, what was the biggest challenge that you had in closing that first deal? I would say my biggest challenge was, I guess, for my first deal, this first deal, I would say just actually biggest challenge with closing my first deal was for finding a a uh, marketing channel that would work, you know, building a system because I didn't have a mentor at that time. You know, I couldn't invest into a mentor at that time. So it was um, it was like I said, I was just throwing so many darts at the wall and um, seeing which one would stick. So the hardest part was finding the system and finding a marketing channel that was actually work. And making sure that I was saying the right things to the sellers and uh, making sure that I actually had a deal, you know, what I mean, knowing, knowing if it was a deal or not. And um, I eventually learned the process through, you know, like I said, going through the school of hard knocks and learning from my mistakes. But I would suggest, man, anybody that's like if you're interested in getting started to cut your learning, cut the learning curve by investing into a mentorship, into a mentorship program or a mentor that's actually that has actually done deals. And um, it's in the active in the um, uh, investment industry. Dope, dope. And what would you say is your biggest challenge, like overall, outside of that first deal? Um, with real estate, or with just um, life in general? Uh, just with real estate um, and entrepreneur and entrepreneurship, just combined. Oh, okay. Really, biggest challenge I would say is to um, see, man. That's 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 a tough question. That's a tough question for me. You know. Um, I, People ask me that all the time. What's my biggest challenge? What's my weaknesses and all of that stuff? And those are tough questions for me because I, I, I program myself, my pro- program myself to not really think it, look at things as challenges. You know what I mean? Because um, I think you can do anything. You know, once you put your mind to it and you put the work in, put, put the effort forth. So those are those are tough questions for me. What's my weaknesses? What's my challenges? So you know, those always stump me. But I, I, I would say, let me say this: some things that I think I can improve is my processes, you know, um, and I actually got some of that from that book, um, Awakening the Giant, you know, it kind of shows you how to like think and what to say and what not to say. Um, but anyway, some of those, uh, what I think I can improve though, Mike is, um, you know, like building out my systems, um, hiring, you know, hiring and, and outsourcing. Cause that's a whole nother skill. I've done a few hiring in the past and I've done, um, uh, you know, outsourcing and stuff like that. Cause eventually you want, I, I try to move from working in my business and into working on my business, you know, um, in order to scale. And, um, I've learned that, you know, that's a whole nother ball game, hiring people and employing them and managing and, 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 and just taking on that leadership role. So, um, I would say that's my, if we were, if we we're going to talk about challenges, I would say that's one of my, uh, things that I'm looking to improve on and improve my skills on is just taking on that leadership role and um, and, and hiring um, employees, good employees. Now, I respect that, man. That's that's vital. It's vital to being um, an entrepreneur. You got to have people that you work with, people that you can build with. Um, you know, I've had to I wouldn't say I've overcome that challenge because I still have a lot of challenges as far as it comes to like my team. But um you know, I've been building my team for, you know, four years since I launched my magazine. I didn't really have a team before that because I was just doing photography like solo. But now I realize like I can scale more with photography if I work with certain people, like having a photo agent or having an artist manager, which I don't have yet, but I'm working towards getting. But as far as like the magazine and my other businesses, I do have teams for that. So that's what tell, really. Tell me, about, tell me about that magazine. How does that work exactly? So like, is it like a, uh, like kind of like the source back in the day or. 
Uh, interesting. Like, yeah, like double like XL type stuff. So my magazine is um, it's a little bit different, man. It's a little bit different from all the other magazines that you'll see because we focus on um, like Playboy magazine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like Playboy, but not quite. So it's a lifestyle publication focuses um, focusing on inspiring people to chase their dreams. So whether they want to be an artist, they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to be a chef, they can go to the magazine and get the inspiration um, for that. So we're actually available in digital and print. And then we also have, um, you know, our website as well, which a lot of our content funnels through. So we have about 2000 published articles now and um, have received over a million website views. Um, And that's not even counting like the publications or anything. So you know, it's it's gotten a pretty good audience to where like we become a source of inspiration for people that are trying to tra- trying to chase their dreams, and that's also led to the creation of the e-commerce store that I was mentioning to you about. Um, basically, I wanted to create a platform for people to take that next step. So, say they are inspired by the photography category, and they're like, "Man, I really want to get into photography." They can go to the e-commerce store that I have and actually get recommended photography products are recommended products for any industry that they're reading on the magazine. And I felt like that was a really important step to have because throughout my journey as being a photographer, people always come to me and ask like, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you get to travel to these places? How do you work with these brands? And I was just like, I want to create a source that will help people get this information um, without having to ask me to dr- directly. Not that I mind or anything, but it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I need to have a platform to where people can reference this at any time. So um, that's really what it became. And then, you know, like I said, the magazine and then the e-commerce store, and then also have like an event that I host as well that covers all the categories within the magazine too. So it's more than just a magazine. It's like an entire multimedia portfolio. Right, right. That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah, man. So uh you said what is it like think of like complex magazine although they don't have print magazines or anything anymore they're a multimedia brand so they have like their their um they have their complex shop they have complex con they have like complex sneakers stuff like that they basically have a whole multimedia portfolio within their publication so um mine is kind of along the lines of that you know we kind of have the same vision as far as being centered around the culture centered around inspiring people and centered around bringing the experience more than just on an online publication, but actually like uh, print and into a physical event too. So that's just a little bit about, you know, my business. Nice. Nice. That's dope, man. That's dope, bro. Congratulations, man. That's a big deal. Huh? Over a million views. Shoot. That's, 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 uh, that's, that's, that's pretty dope, man. No, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's definitely been a long journey. You know, it's been, it's been rough, very rough at times, you know, as any entre- entrepreneurial journey will be, you know, there's going to, there's not every time is going to be like a happy point. There's going to be times you're really down bad. And then there's going to be times where you're up and you feel like nothing can stop you. So um, it's just finding the balance between those to keep going. Mm-hmm. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah, man. So, you know, this is pretty much the last question I got for you. We had a really dope conversation. There's a lot of gems that was in this episode. Um, but what advice do you have for entrepreneurs or expiring entrepreneurs that are, you know, not only looking to get into real estate, but just, you know, having their own business in general? Awesome. Awesome. And and, and I want to say, yeah, it's been a definitely a dope conversation. Um, I want to before we uh, go, I definitely want to I have a, a free get. Um, I want to give you guys a, a, a free gift. OK, the audience, a free gift. If that's all right with you, Mike. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, but let me answer your question first. So my advice would say for anyone that's looking to get started in either real estate or just, um, business in general is to first know that if you're, if you don't have, if you're lacking a confidence in yourself right now, right. To that you're good, that you'll be successful. There's two part. There's two things that I want to share. One, believe, believe, you know, understand that you're, everyone is a disaster before they're a master. You know what I mean? Um, and repetition is the mother of all learning. So the more times you do something, you know, the more times you do something, the, the, the more, the more times you do something, the better you'll get at it right over time. So just keep that in mind, you know, take massive and perfect action. And, um, the biggest thing is just to actually go out there and do it and learn from your mistakes. Don't look at failure as failure. Look at failure as learning lessons. Okay. And um, as long as you're learning from your mistakes, um, you're on the right path. Okay. And you're on the path to mastery. 
Um, and um, your confidence, also your confidence will build over time. You see, the, the, the crazy part about it is the more competent you are in a subject or a matter or a business, the more confident you get and the more your confidence will project on, um, you know, the people that you're in front of on a daily basis. So um, I just want to say that I guess that would be my audience. To, that would be my advice is just to take take action and to um, uh, believe in yourself and, and be confident. I like it, bro. And um, and the free gift that I want to give them, um, is, give you guys are is um, I want to give you guys access to. I just did a I just got done doing a um, never done before web class. It's like an hour long web class on the real estate business, real estate industry. Um, I'm going in, I'm going from, I'm, I'm giving the business away from A to Z, you know, this, like I said, I spent thousands and thousands and thousands, like upwards of $50,000, maybe I know definitely probably more than that on just, you know, continuing education. Cause I think it's always important to continue your education. You know, um, like you said, you don't, you know, you don't always, you don't know it all. So I spent like thousands and thousands of dollars on continuing education and um, I, I've, I've kind of compacted everything. I didn't, you know, I compacted as much as I could into an hour long uh, web class and I'm giving that away for free. Um, and anyone that's interested in, in checking that um, web class out, uh, they can visit profitswithadrian.com. That's P-R-O-F-I-T-S with W-I-T-H, Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N dot com and uh you can check that web class out i don't know how long how long i'm gonna have it up um but um check it out and if it's still up you know hope you guys enjoy it uh let me let me know what you guys think as well and yeah mike that's amazing man it's been you know dope conversation dope talking to you i'm glad we got to have this uh talk and drop some gems for people to take away from so you heard them. Check out those links. Check out the tips and the gems that we dropped throughout this episode and try to put them into action as soon as you can. Yes. Yes. Awesome, man. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me. Um, you can follow me as well on Instagram or Facebook at Adrian Watkins. And my Instagram is major underscore deals with a Z. Yes, sir. Connect with them. You already know. Thanks again for coming on, Adrian. Appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to the Movement is Life podcast. And make sure to subscribe on all platforms where you can find your favorite podcasts. Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everything. You can also connect with me on social media at The Fox Icon. I'll catch you on the next episode.